Now we're ready. Ah! I am so excited to be able to speak with you today. I'm so excited. Thank you. Um, so, so today I'll be speaking with Teresa. She is owner of Layered by Rissa. She's a celebrity cake <laughs> artist in Edmonton. Can I say that? <laughs> or, or is it better to say your luxury cake artist. <laughs> we like to get luxury. But always so much fun to talk to other business owners. Yes, yes. Um, but well, what I want to know is a little bit. Um, I I see that you. Um, are self-taught. What exactly does that mean? Um, I've had your cakes before I've even met you. And ciao. I don't know. I don't know, child. Uh, do you know even know what my favorite my favorite cake is? I don't. I I I, I always get it, it from you. But it's, I would say it's red velvet. What What do you think it would be? Red velvet. Yes, girl. <laughs> Girl, that is amazing. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. But I want to know a little bit more about you. You, it, It's not like you are self-taught cake, um, cake art education, like degree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you went to school, um, yeah. but that wasn't the direction for you. So tell, yeah. tell me what happened there. Like, tell me a little back end story about yourself. Yeah, of course. So um, I was born in Edmonton, Canada here, but my parents are Caribbean. So I grew up in a household where um, my mom was always cooking. My grandma was always cooking. I was always around food and baking. Um, you know how it is in the Caribbean households. They're going to chef it up with whatever they have mm -hmm. um, and everything is always so flavorful. So I've, I've come from a place of having, always having a very uh, diverse palate uh, in terms of food and flavor. So um, it just so happened that when they would be cooking, I always enjoyed baking. So I, I learned to bake from my, my grandma, my mom, um, but they were more of the cooks. Like if you ask my mom now, she doesn't like baking. She loves to cook. Um, whereas I'm the opposite. I can cook, but I prefer to bake. So um, I always had some sort of baking, but I think it took another level when I was in high school and we were introduced to home economics, which is like food class. And that is one area I just really drove in there um, in junior high and high school where I'd be given ingredients and told to make something and I would make it and it would be really amazing. And that's just kind of where the gift at the time I didn't know it was a gift. I was just like, I love doing this. Um, and no one around me identified it as a gift. I just knew I loved doing it. Um, and I continued to um, just develop recipes to play around with recipes. Then it turned into like, I would offer for the, my family and friends to make their cakes and birthdays. And you know, like nobody wants a little girl making their little cakes and, and treats for their big events, right? So um, some people say yes, some people yeah. say no. And those people that said yes really did believe in they obviously seen something that I hadn't seen. So yeah, I started baking cakes for um, family and friends. Um, mm -hmm. And when it came time in 2016, when I had graduated in high school, I had to decide what I wanted to do. Uh, 
And you don't really get to tell a Caribbean parent, I want to go to culinary arts school. I want to be a baker. They're just going to laugh at you. <laughs> They're going to look at you and say, stop playing. Stop playing. Exactly. You better go pick up your book. So um, I kind of knew that like, it wasn't really, the, the path wasn't really clear. There was no way to really say, hey, I want to do this. Nor was there like much schools around me because a lot of schools that they have here are for culinary arts, which means you have to do like cooking. Not much go into the actual art of baking here in Canada. Okay. And I knew I wasn't allowed to leave um, for school. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me pursue my other passion, which is teaching. I loved, loved kids. I love kids. I love teaching. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Let me do that. So I started my bachelor of education degree in elementary. I started in secondary education with a math major. And I quickly said, no, we will not be doing this math major. And I switched Ma to elementary. Yeah, I don't don't ask, don't ask for out. I loved math, but then when I got to university, that was that was not math. That was that was a spirit. <laughs> yeah, so I <laughs> and I ended up doing elementary education, um, in which I genuinely pursued and I genuinely loved doing that. Um, and I would find myself not baking as much, but I would find myself volunteering and finding different opportunities to be able to enhance um, my experience with the classroom and with teaching in different types of classrooms. So from there, I had the opportunity um, through my university to teach in South Korea. So I was so excited to do that because number one, I love traveling. Yeah. So I was so excited to go there in 2019. and. I was I was quickly immersed into the the South Korean um, culture and country. I was able to pick up the language really quickly. I was exploring on the weekends when I wasn't teaching. I was having a grand old time, a little bit too much of a good time. So much fun, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, towards the end of my trip, um, trigger warning: I was unfortunately a victim of sexual assault, and that was uh, it. Was a lot. <laughs> I was miles away. Um, nobody knew where I was because uh, I hadn't, yeah, I just hadn't told anyone where I was going that day um, or what I was doing. And yeah, I, I actually really, when I really think about that incident, I really should have died in that situation if it wasn't for the grace of God. Um, and I thank God for placing people in Korea, even just as friends and guidances from the start. When I think about uh, one particular friend that I had met that I still speak to today, I know that that was the hand of the Lord placing her there. Um, and she would always be telling me, be careful, Teresa. And I would never listen. And, you know, so even when the situation happened, she was the one who really helped me work through that and and um, return home. And I hadn't really told much people what had happened, especially my family. So I returned home um, very confused, feeling very defeated, um, really in a place of depression um, and I yeah, didn't know yeah. how to navigate it. I didn't know what to do, what not to do. Like, yeah, I didn't know anything. And so I started that same, I returned back, I think it was August or July that summer. And I mm -hmm. had school in September. And I remember be having a full five course load. And I failed all my classes that semester because I just couldn't get out of bed. I was, yeah. I was just like not the, the 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 drive to live again had left and I knew that the people around me could see that there was something wrong with me but I wasn't able to really communicate what I was going through and so I did oh, begin man. to send out um 
um, therapy, which I started and um, I was on antidepressants and sleeping pills because I wasn't sleeping. And it was a lot during that time. And I needed something that would, you know, reignite my life because I was feeling suicidal. I was really feeling like I didn't want to live anymore. And the, like I said, feeling my classes, I had not, I had no more passion to teach if the passion had left me. Um, and this it wasn't even happened passion. in what year? 2019. So yeah. 19. yeah, June, 2019, which I'll come back to that date um, a little bit later, but yeah, uh, it happened in June, 2019. And I returned back home, I think July or August of that summer. So um, yeah, that was that semester and I needed something to live. Um, and at the time I was going to a church, but I just felt like, you know, like no one knew nothing was wrong with me when I returned and I wasn't feeling able to feel God anymore. And I was starting to question my faith, like, you know, like how could God let this happen to me? You know, it was a lot that was going on. Um, still why trying to like maintain who Teresa is and the roles and responsibilities I had at the time. Um, and so it came to a point where I stopped going to church and a friend invited me to CCCG, which is now my home church. Um, and yeah, I remember coming, we were still at Yellowbird, our first location there. And I could feel the presence of God again for the longest time. And I remember the first service I came, um, Pastor Emmanuel was speaking, he was closing the service out and he said, there's someone here. And he began to describe everything that I had went through. And he said, at the end, God oh, wants yeah. to heal you. Yeah. <laughs> he said, God wants to heal you. And I was like, whoa, like he was right on the money about everything that I went through. But wow. at the time, I still wasn't really ready to accept healing. So I was just coming to CCCG very, very casually. Mm -hmm. Of course, at that time, it was 9.30 a.m. And I wasn't used to no 9.30 a.m. service, child. <laughs> I was used to, you know, you go to church 10.30. And I was used to long days at church, like 10.30, Sunday school, then the service, a full, full day of church, but not 9.30. And I lived far from CCCG at the time. So I will come here and there. Um, and then... The end of the year came and I just felt like, you know, like I can't, I can't keep living like this anymore. So June for 2020, I had decided I need to make a decision. Am I going to continue going to CCCG? And if so, I'm going to commit to being there every service. And so I decided to do that. And about, I think like a week or two when the year started that I started going, I finally, Pastor Mando finally caught me at the door because I was, when they said, Amen. I was out. I was out like a light. I was out like a light. <laughs> so he tell me something. What what is it with this dashing out the door thing? I because the thing is, when I had come to CCG, like I said, I was already broken, not only broken from the, the situation that had happened, but a lot of church trauma. And, you know, I had decided when I if I find a new church, it is we're going there to worship the Lord and leave. You know, I'm not trying to serve nowhere. I come from, I came from a place where I was serving on every team almost. I had my hand in a lot of things, you know. So I was just like, I'm not coming to be here to serve. I'm not here to make no friends. I don't need no friends. I don't need nothing, okay? I'm here to just say my praise the Lord and leave. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I would just leave after church right away. Like there was no one would Now you're like the total opposite. Yeah. Now you can't get me to leave. <laughs> Because place from it opens till till when we close, we leave you there. Oh man, God works in mysterious ways. Then I have a question, then Teresa. How did you? Yeah. Okay, so you you um as a teenager, you knew your passion, you knew what you loved because of 
your Caribbean background, and I'm from the Caribbean as well. Um, and so having that understanding of what our parents expect, not because they said it, they don't even need to say it, right? We just know. Don't even go at them with certain things. And so you knew that although you had a passion um, for baking, uh, you went into education, that you went to Korea, this horrific thing happened to you that mm. probably like pulled you all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. So from that point, that was 2019. Yes. How did you find Teresa? Yeah. Um, so, and that, and like you said, I, when I think about that incident, I can actually see that it was the finger of God in that situation, as much as it may have been a horrific situation in the time, but I would not be where I was if that hadn't happened. I would have went home. Probably I would have still pursued my education degree. I still would have been probably at my old church. I still would have been like a teacher. I would have been in a place of mediocrity. I would have just become an elementary teacher. And that's that would no had no humdrum life. A humdrum life, like a basic life is what I was yeah. headed down. Um, and so that situation is how I found Teresa. I had to, for the, cause that was the first time, number one, I had left my, my, the country on my own. And that was the first time that I was learning Teresa on that trip itself, because there was no expectations. There was no sister Teresa from church, Teresa, the youth leader from church. It wasn't that it wasn't Teresa, the student university, the Teresa that does that or runs that. It was just Teresa at South Korea. It was just me learning who I am, what I love to do and what I'm really passionate about. And when that incident happened, it really, I had, it took me back. It took me to a place where I had to figure out, okay, like what actually brings me joy and not only what, but who brings me joy, who around me is actually meant to be in my life. Because especially when I'm in a state like that, I really was able to see who really knows me. And it was really scary because a lot of people didn't know me. They don't know when there was something wrong with me. Right. And uh... for that, that spoke to me that that means that like, I'm around people that think they know me, but no one generally knows the core me. Because if you can't even tell if there's something wrong with you, then there's something. And not even paying attention. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the type of person I will, I won't attribute it to it's everyone's fault. I'm the type of person that I can push through. So something's going on. You won't really know that there's something going on, which is why you really have to know me to know that. Right. So, yeah. 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 So then all of that happened. You found a church community, you found a support system. And, and now how did you find, find layered by Rissa? Yeah. So like I said, when I had come finally met Pastor Randall at the door, uh, he started just speaking to me a little bit. And I decided that um, January to start the basic leadership class it was at Pastor Manuel's house at the time. So uh, we would mm-hmm. go there Friday nights for a basic leadership class and just listening to him. And I could just feel that every time he spoke, he was speaking to me. But like I said, I was run out after class and that was that. So one day- Before I, we move, what is what is leadership class? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> the leadership classes at CCG are just a way that you can learn to become a leader, not only in- serving at church, but in your own lives, right? We are all leaders. We are all meant to lead in some capacity in some way. And these classes are meant to bring out the leader in you and show you how to lead in different aspects and areas of your lives. So we have the basic and we have the advanced leadership class, which go go over things that 
um, help you, like I said, in your day-to-day life, such as self-discipline, prioritization, um, death to self, um, burnout, spiritual authority. It goes through different things. Um, and I would say it's it's almost just like professional development. Like you need this to survive, not only exactly. at church, but in your business and career lives. So yeah, that's what the leadership classes are. Yeah. So then you started, because it's, uh, it's an 11-week um, course. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, so I started- for 11 weeks, you, you were intimate, basically, with the person that you were running from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Pastor, he likes to stare in your eyes. And like, we're, we're, he's sitting on a chair, we're at the couch. So it's, he can just stare and look into the depths of you. And I'm like, <laughs> I know when someone's reading me. So I would never try to make eye contact with him. But I'm like, uh, like Teresa, do you have something to say? And I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> So one day I just felt led to bake cupcakes. Um, and I was like, you know, let me just bring some to leadership class. And mind you, I was very like, sh- I'm not a shy person, but like that situation made me like a shy, timid, very insecure individual. So I brought the cupcakes and I left them there. I didn't tell anyone I brought them. <laughs> I didn't tell them who they were from. And so I just left them on this counter, on the counter. And that was that. Um, so he texted me or called me the, the next day. He's like, did you bring those cupcakes to the house? And I said, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> and so he goes, like, that was like the best cupcake I've ever had. Me and my wife, like I said, like, we would love that. And um, he said, what are you doing about that gift? And I said, oh, nothing. I'm done with just degree. <laughs> so nothing. Um, <laughs> nothing. So he's like, we should really meet. We should, we really need to meet and, and talk about that. So I remember our first meeting um was at a starbucks and that was the the day that we started the journey for healing like i said he already had said at the first service i went to that there was someone that needed healing but this time i don't know if his spirit made the connection but he 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 sat me down and he was like i know that you went through something traumatic and um i want to take you on the journey to healing he's like um it's up to you about how open you want to be the more open you are about the situations the more that i can help you work through the trauma and, and you can enter the stage of healing. And so that day I just ended up telling him everything, every all the details at the Starbucks. Um, I remember vividly because I was wearing all black. And he, he talks about the first day he met me at the Starbucks, uh, how depressed I looked on my body. Like I, I just looked lifeless. And um, yeah, that was the day that we started journey. He, he walked me through how I could begin the journey for healing. And um, then... We met again and he brought up um, my baking and what I wanted to do with it. And I was telling him like, yeah, as a child, I always wanted to have a bakery, but it just didn't seem like it could ever happen. So that was that. He's like, no, we can do something about this. And then he asked me a question that I will never forget till this day. He goes, "Um, as you start to think about this business, I want to ask you a question. Do you want, what do you want layered to be? Do you want it to be um, a dollar store? Very cheap, easy, accessible. Do you want a Sobeys? Not easy accessible, but it's still pretty accessible. It's pretty like middle class. Or do you want an Apple business that is known for excellence, wealth, and all of those attributes? And and I and I pondered on that and mm-hmm. I said, I want an Apple business. <laughs> I want an Apple business, right? And that was the beginning of the journey of Layered. So that was February. And um I remember. I never, ever got to hear from God. I just never felt like I ever heard from him audibly. I remember vividly that I went to my first night prayers of CCG February. And I heard God told me, he told me two things. 
um, he gave me the scripture, Isaiah, I think it's 41 verse 10. Um, I can't remember what. Thank you, Mikhail. <laughs> How can I not forget? It's, it's, uh, he's with you. Something. <laughs> oh, no. No worries, girl. Let's pull it up. Because remember the verse. Oh, do not fear for I am with you. Oh, do yeah. not fear. Yeah. For I am with you. Yeah. So he gave me that uh, scripture. That was like... He told me to quit my job, the Holy Spirit. And I said, ah, no, I didn't hear you right. I don't hear the Holy Spirit. So I remember after So where that, were you working at the time? So at the time I was still doing my degree and I was working uh full time for a, a out of school care program. So I was a supervi supervisor at YMCA working with kids. So yeah, I would do that during the day and do school different hours. So it was really just work and school, those two. Um, yeah. And so I was like, no, he couldn't have said that. So after the night prayers, I went to pastor and I told that him. That can't be God. Why would God not be God? <laughs> and he started laughing and he looked at me and he's like, that scripture is actually the scripture for next month. Like, you know, we have themes in the month scripture. And there was no way I could have known that because I wasn't serving at CCCG. So it's not like I was on the social media team and I had that information. What? So that's when I knew the Holy Spirit was talking to me. The fact that it, we were ending February. It was the last week of February. That's the scripture for the next month, literally. <laughs> and the Lord is telling me, do not fear. And he's telling me to quit my job. I, I, Pastor didn't have to say anymore after that. I already knew what was up, that I need to quit the job. Like the fact that that was scripture that confirmed that that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And so I said, okay. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I, so that was February going into March of 2020. And I remember I put the two weeks in and I was getting ready to hand it in that day. And I think it was that same day was the day they, they said uh, we would be stopping working because of COVID. And I just believe that the Lord was just testing me to see if I was actually going to. Um, I'm going to listen, girl. Yeah. So we'll be obedient. <laughs> it just so happened that we were out of work anyways. So it worked out. And I remember when Pastor So hold on. So you gave in your resignation letter already. So I was the time for you to resign or leave the job. Everything shut down. So I had it was the day I was going to hand it in. Is the day going to. You work. didn't even yeah. do it yet. No. So I got to work. My manager is telling me that, yeah, like we're closing, they're closing the schools down. So, cause I was so in your pocket, it's in your purse. And you're just yeah. like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, Holy spirit, you are funny, sir. You <laughs> it's almost like he was testing, um, test. Abraham and like how Abraham, he told him to go take, yes. uh, and he stopped. It, it felt like that. Cause I was ready to go. I was ready to go. I didn't know how. Come to on, get come on. Sacrifice that son. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't such a big sacrifice, but yeah, no. And I was, was I fearful? I was, because I, here I was about to quit my job, start a business. I have nobody. I'm still a university student. It sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> so does. So no it savings, does. nothing. So I remember when I had had that first initial meeting with, with pastor, I had told the Holy Spirit, well, you know, if I'm going to start this business, I need three things. I need um, a new mixer because my mixer had um, broken at the time. I asked for time because at this time, at this point in time, I was literally in school working um, full time. I just didn't have time to develop recipes, develop business plan to sit down with the business. And then I asked for a professional camera because I knew I wanted to have pictures that capture the eye. I wanted to have very good content in terms of pictures of my cakes. So that was something I really desired. 
So number one, when the pandemic hit, this was the gift. You of got time. the time. Yeah. <laughs> I had no choice. We were all stuck in the house, child. So I said, come on, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I had never since I had come out of high school had ever had that amount of time because before I was I was really just um working like I said up to two jobs sometimes and in university full time so I never had this free time like that before ever so that was a time you almost got like a year of solid practice yes perfecting yeah and because when I first met you I think that was during the time when um your one of your cakes was featured in the wedding magazine yeah. I tell you, this girl is a celebrity, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few months after you, you were in the uh, bridal show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a whole lot going on yeah. even after the pandemic leading up to like now because your rum roll, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> you won the pitch competition. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of back end stories, a lot of stuff that that happened leading up to um, what what you look like right now, because you created like a brand and a style for yourself. How mm -hmm. did you determine that? How did you know that? OK, this is what works and this is what I'm going to keep. Mm -hmm. I think it was in the year that I had when I had launched Laird. So I ended up launching Laird June 30th, which is actually the anniversary of the day that I was sexually assaulted. That was the date that the Holy Spirit. How is that up. possible? Yeah. So literally because one year later it was, it was, I was in a different place. It was restoration and transformation. That's the only way to describe it. And all glory can be attributed to God. So it's almost like to erase the bad because now this is good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just great. Jesus, I remember telling Pastor, I was like, I don't have a date for the launch. I don't have it. And he's like, it'll come. Then I heard June. And then I was like, June, June. And then I, when I received June 30th, I had to actually remember that that was a date. I had to go back. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. And I was like, wow, this is just like, God is just like so beautiful. And like, I, like the name layered is based upon the scripture. All things work together for good. Just talking about like oh. the layers of our life add up to create something fruitful. And that, at the end of the day, that's a layer that added to my life that created something that added to layered. So um, how I determined my brand was through that question that I had brought up earlier. I knew I wanted an Apple business, which meant that I had to off the jump right off the start. We had to have it together. Like we can't, we need to have a brand of excellence and show that we're excellent right off the back. So when launching layered, I, I literally... I literally said, this has to be really good. I remember I paid like, I think a thousand or something to uh, way crazy amount of money for uh, like a professional video that's on my website to be done. Um, I, I spent so much time developing the logo. I did not, I refused to launch layered without a website because I wanted to be able to show that. I decided to do, instead of just naming our cake flavors, I said, I want to show what the inside of the cake will look like. So I, I made sure I took those professional pictures um, and just, yeah, like right off the bat. And then another thing I did to establish our beautiful. brand was when we launched, I said I need to have a launch strategy. So I decided to figure out and do some research on some local influencers in Edmonton and local foodies and people that I feel like had a really good um, impact and would resonate with our brand. And yeah. I sent them a PR box with one, a slice of every flavor that we were ha launching, which is our nine flavors. And I asked them to all post on the same day and which was our launch day. And they all did. And that is what set the foundation for layered. I think people talk about were, hype. 
Yeah, yeah, like the day just came and people were seeing it everywhere. And I was very strategic. And like I said, I chose very diverse people um, from different backgrounds with different people. So that really set the standard. Now, I was spending a little too much time on brand and not on not much on structure and systems because I did not expect for Layered to blow up as quickly as it did. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I thought about everything but that. <laughs> so wow. there you have it. I'm literally in my mom's house and orders are coming in. Like, I, the first, the I, I launched June 2020 during the pandemic. And it was very strategic by the Holy Spirit that I launched that time because we were in a pandemic where people were not able to go anywhere to celebrate their birthdays. And the at-home birthdays were that is up. true. It was up. It yeah. was up. Like, it was like, we're going to make the best at home. And part of that was making sure you had a statement yeah. cake. So it was just so strategic. Like people that would have never invested in a custom cake were investing in a custom cake because you don't have to spend money on a restaurant or anything like that. All you got to do is do your outfit, your hair, your makeup, and you know, you're at home. Like you don't spend money on whatever activity yes. you're going to do or spend money on a trip that you were going to take for your birthday. You have to do it at home. So people were really invested. And it also not only introduced people to the custom cakes business, but it induced people to quality. I think before this, a lot of my friends have told me that they were just ordering from wherever, an ice cream cake here and or a cake. Getting it from Walmart. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? So they didn't know that they're like, that cake could have such good quality. So it also brought people into that, um, into that investment of of custom cakes. So because the thing about your cakes is, is, sorry, is that it's not sweet. Like it's not super sweet, but it tastes so good. Yeah. Yeah. And so that how did you get that balance? That was years. Remember when I told you I was in the kitchen experimenting? I would just experiment uh-huh. and just take it to my mom, my family, my friends around me. And then it would be like, oh, too sweet. too. All I always heard was too sweet, too sweet, too sweet. That's all I heard for years. And also just looking around. I remember going to events as a kid. The cake would usually never get eaten or it would get eaten. And you would see people like leave the icing around and just eat the cake. And the icing would get left there. That is true. I did yeah. that. I yeah. always used to do that until now. Yeah. And I hated seeing it. It would just bother me. Like, why aren't we eating the cake? So all those years of sewing is what I now see it as. Um, like I said, I I used to get offended back then when I'd be telling people, like, can I make your cake for your child's birthday? They're like, no, why, why would I make this little 14, 15? You little child, you better get like, from me. Yeah. <laughs> You're not making no cake for me. And I used to get offended. Like, you guys don't believe in my talent. And that's okay. I, I now know that yeah. that was a, a a stage of sewing where I needed to hear the no's. I needed to 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 see people doubt the gift that I had, and, and that was okay. And build your will. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even just now, like custom cakes are not for everybody. It is it is an investment. It is a luxury piece. It's not cheap. I will say that because a lot of time and effort goes into it, and not only time and effort into the cake, but time and effort into all the research and the testing that I did back then. I deserve yeah. to be paid for all of that research it's just like how a doctor does um years and years of research and souls in they get paid high enough because of that expertise and so it's just the same thing when it comes to creative industries and creative artists they deserve to be paid for the time and the research they have done and they have invested in in the years so not only are you paying for the cake but you're paying for that expertise and for what they've sown into their recipes so yeah so at what point do you see your business as successful? I I do see it as successful. Yeah, it, it has taken me a long time to see it as that. You know, for me, 
I was always, if it was up to me, I would have never started later because it would have never been perfect enough for me. So I think for me, it's successful Ooh. because I started. Um, it's successful because every day I'm getting a little bit better. Every day I'm learning something through each new cake and new experience. So for me, the success isn't about the product. To me, it's about um, the fact that I've actually taken the step to start. Um, that's where the success lies for me. And not only to start, but to keep going. Because there's been many times where I was looking for like, you know what? I'm ready to pack myself. I can go get a full-time job, sir, <laughs> with a pension and a nice little benefit. I want all the benefits, sir, please. <laughs> That's what so, I'll be looking for. I'm looking for the benefits. The benefits. So um, trust me when I say that, you know, this, I did not take the easy route. <laughs> so in this business is as much as I'm passionate about it, it is much more the harder route. And so for me, taking the harder route is where I do feel the success in. Like I feel like I, if, as long as I'm fulfilling the calling, I am successful. So, yeah. Oh, you hit those goals. You hit your targets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So how do you plan um, and create uh, agendas for your business? Like, um, yeah. I'm sure you hit targets for last year. I'm sure you hit yeah. some targets for 2020. Um, how, how do you hit your targets? How do you meet those goals? How do you create your agendas? Yeah, I think the first five years in business, which we've only in business for about two years now, the first five years is literally like trial and error. You don't have a manual. Um, it's not like university where they tell you this is your timetable and you follow it and you, this is how you success. You study for this. Unfortunately, it's not like that with business. In particular, everyone's business is a little bit different. So what may even work for your business, but can may not work for my business. And so every day is a new day for me to replan, readjust and revise what's working, what's not working for me. So um, in terms of layered you know, there's a lot of things that we have to do. So inventory, admin, making the actual cake, baking it, stacking it, decorating it, delivery, you know, social media and marketing. So I think I really struggled with the balance of that. I know last year I just said, you know, forget the social media thing. I'm tired. <laughs> but um, as a life know, of an entrepreneur, we wear so many hats. We're like, yes. you know, taking off one, putting on the other and just kind of going with the flow right exactly so i don't really have like a agenda every day but there's things that i set aside that every day is target day so for example mondays i try to keep to my administration days so i'm getting through emails getting through those special projects or anything of that source really hounding in onto the financial aspects of layered tuesdays i try to do like inventory i'm restructuring and those type of things of the actual business Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm in the kitchen, whether that be um, baking, stacking, decorating, packaging. And within those days, whatever I do, I try to get a little social media content now. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the there, basic hey? structure. Of my business. Yeah, I definitely, as I'm structuring now, I'm thinking about when there's more of me, more people on their business. So whatever system I have. Okay. <laughs> Because you're solo, right? At the moment. Yeah. So I spent last year really working with some people that the Lord had sent to Layered to put systems in place for when we hire. So I'm confidently feel like we're ready now to really, I did hire someone and test that out in the summer because the summers get really busy for Layered. But um, 
now I'm able to really have a system in place and know where I need to step back and let someone else take that over and where I can focus my attention on. So yeah, especially since, you know, the first two years, like I said, you're playing around with things, but now it's to the point where you need to be expanding your business. You need to always have fresh new ideas coming in. You always need to be um, putting yourself out there to reach different markets, different targets, different goals. So Definitely. it's hard when your hand is in the business and you can, it's hard to get the expansion part done. So, you know, it, that's now layered is no more a hobby. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. no, no longer a hobby. So no. tell me, I have I have a question that I didn't plan out, but yeah. um, especially for, you know, being a, a luxury cake artist, yes. we have, you know, celebrities and people all around the world that want, you know, exclusive cake orders and that kind of thing. How would that work for you? Would you see yourself traveling um, to do cakes in a different country? And how would yeah. that look for you? Yeah. I definitely see that this is an international business. Um, how it will be international is something that the Holy Spirit reveals with time, but I do see myself traveling to make cakes. Um, I The other day, I posted a video just yesterday on our social media of me traveling with a cake to Winnipeg. Um, and based upon that experience, you I now believe started. that we will be, it's best to actually just go there and make the cake there versus traveling with it. But I definitely see myself traveling to make custom pieces for people. Um, not only because they don't have cake decorators around them, but because layered story really, our story is here to resonate with people to not only just be about cakes, but to also show people that you can pursue your dreams. Um, and you and that life, like I said, adds to fulfill something that's very fruitful. So I believe that a lot of people resonate with our brand story and as a result, we'll inquire about our cakes. And also because, like you said, we have a, a market standpoint, um, selling point with the not-too-sweet cakes. I can guarantee exactly. that that is something that the Holy Spirit will use to capitalize and bring our business to, to greater heights. Because the cake is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's not too sweet. You have so many options. And then even just connecting with you as a person, like, it's almost like going to the hairdresser. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's just in the Caribbean, but I know as a kid, when I used to go with my mom to the hairdresser, it was like connecting with this person. And it was like, you know, everybody want to want to talk to to the hairdresser. Yeah. yeah. And, and I find that with you, like, it's like just a moment, yeah. you know, to get to talk to you, to get to connect with you it is already fun. It's already amazing. So um, the added sweetness is just the, the cherry on top. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to wrap up our conversation, but I want you to let our listeners know how they can find you, what mm -hmm. Layered is about, who Teresa is, just a quick little snapshot of all of what we talked about in a nutshell. Yeah. So um, I'm Teresa Willison, the owner of Layered by Rissa. We are a customs cake business here in Edmonton, serving the Edmonton, Edmonton area and surrounding areas. Um, we specialize in custom cakes for weddings and special occasions. Um, whatever you're celebrating, we have something that can accommodate your taste palette. Um, we do specialize in cakes that are not too sweet. And like I said, I started baking and launched Layered in June 2020. And Layered is not only just about cakes, but we are a brand that resonates with luxury and resonates 
as a place where dreams are met. And we're here to inspire people ah. to not only, um, you know, let life go through, but let the layers of life and let every situation that happens in life, it builds up to create something very, very fruitful. And in the end of the day, that fruitful thing will create something really sweet, really beautiful, just like a cake. So yeah, uh, you can follow us. You can find us on our website, www.layeredbyrissa.com, or you can connect with us on social media. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Layered by Rissa, um, and also LinkedIn. And you are on TikTok, huh? So yes. you see the, the the black girl trend that's going on. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, uh, you know, you just have to hop onto every trend as much as you can. <laughs> I thought about you yesterday. I was like, I wonder if Teresa's jumping on this trend. <laughs> Please send it to me. I can't even keep up with all the trends, honestly, Mikhail. I feel like an old lady's vibes. Like, uh-huh. Every time you turn around, uh. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. But I, I, I came across when I was posting yesterday. I came across um somebody's video, and she was just talking about, you know, this trend. And she was like, within a day, she had thirty or forty thousand followers. Um, and it was just, it's just black women supporting black women, and she she said something along the line of, to the point where they didn't just follow her. They purchased things that they probably didn't even want mm -hmm. from her website just to support. It was all about just supporting each other, just connecting with each other. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to say it was like T-shirts or something like that. Um, and it might be $10. Mm -hmm. So $10 times 30,000 people. I mean, yeah. that is, for me, that was amazing. And just, and just seeing story. something like that. Yeah, I felt like that was really, really strong. It, it I, I said my mind gone, and you. I was like, I wonder if, if Teresa jumped on this trend. Yeah, yeah because I'm so. always like, do I want to? Do I do? <laughs> and you just gotta really think, especially we have an advantage, you know, being a child of God. We can really tap into like, you know, Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do? Which one do you want me to take part in? Right. So yeah, we have an advantage. Yeah, yeah. we can use our advantage. Yeah. It was amazing connecting with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing um, something so intimate um, because you're more open to discussing um, the trauma that has happened to you because that's a part of your story now, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then building such an amazing, just seeing you like a flower, just um, open and develop and become so beautiful, not only as a business but also as a person so i am so grateful to know you to be a part of your life and be able to support layer yeah thank you so much for this opportunity michael i'm really grateful and i don't take any opportunity lightly so thank you for having me and thank you to all the listeners um that are listening and yeah so connect with us we'd love to speak with you whether if it's not even about cakes we'd love to connect with you Ah, and that's exactly what I say even on my on my um um YouTube page. I'm like, I just want to connect. I just yeah. want to connect. <laughs> we just love connecting. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, this has been so much fun, Teresa. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will connect with you um in the near future. Yeah, thank you so much, Mikel. Bye.